I'm Alan Weiss with The Uncomfortable Truth, and today's topic is enemies. You know, it used to be, if you didn't agree, then we had a difference of opinion. But today, if we don't agree, you're stupid. There's a smugness, you know, an arrogant smugness in assuming only you know the way. There's an old quote that says, only the morally certain are truly corrupt. There's a hatred for those we disagree with. Candidates make concession speeches, but their supporters do not. I've seen people on Facebook and heard people in the streets condemning people who they think are vile and bullies in vile and bullyish ways. They are no better than they claim the people they are critiquing are. And sometimes they're worse. I don't like being screeched at. There's no zealot like the converted. And it's actually an emotional and psychological deficit to believe that other people are enemies. If you believe that people who disagree with you are damaged, are inferior, are stupid, that there's something wrong with them, you have a severe issue. Alec Baldwin, Robert De Niro, they have severe issues It's not about whether they're right or wrong. It's about how they express themselves. It's about the woman who, when I said to her, what if we're just in a large climate change period in the billions of year history of the earth that we can't do anything about, she sniffed, yes, simply a denier and walked away. These are ignorant people. I don't hate them but they have a hell of a nerve thinking other people are damaged. We have no global enemy today. So we choose internal enemies. The Cold War is over. And so we need someone to cast blame on and we choose ourselves, we eat our young. We used to see this and we still do in many countries that blame the United States for their internal problems. Venezuela, is a failed socialist state. It's a corrupt, failed, tyrannical state. And the president blames the United States for his problems. It's his policies and his predecessor's policies that have ruined the country, an oil-rich, once-wealthy democracy. But he needs an external enemy. In the U.S., it's the opposite. We have no more external enemies. The Cold War is over. We talk to Russia. We talk to China. We talk to North Korea. And so we have to create our own enemies to justify ourselves, and those enemies are within. Another problem that creates enemies is the growing secularization of the United States. We have muted religious tolerance. That is, we have assumed that people, in many cases, who are people of faith, are somehow stupid, that they believe in a fairy tale, as if the Big Bang Theory is not a fairy tale. And consequently, people who go to church or who believe in God or who profess faith are somehow inferior. The church scandals, and the Catholic Church particularly, haven't helped that. It's not just outside forces. But the churches used to serve as a reasonable mediation process, as teaching tolerance, as having certain communal values. And on top of that, the reverse of secularization is the strength of some fervent religious believers 
whether evangelist or Muslim or Christian or Jew, who don't want to believe anyone else, who feel they have the only way. And that's not true. A problem with seeing enemies is identity politics. We vote for people based on an identity or based on a single agenda issue. Are you for or against abortion? Are you for or against open borders and open immigration? Are you for or against this or that? What's your background? What color are you? What ethnicity? What does ancestry DNA say about you? And identity politics has come to the fore. Everyone should be represented. That's fine. But I don't think we should base our votes and our following and our support simply because someone looks like us or has the same background as we do. There's also a dimming of what I call the World War II institutional memory. My parents' generation, what Tom Brokaw called the greatest generation. I don't know about that, but these people came back from a two-ocean war, a truly world war, a global war, and stopped two powers who at the time, in the 40s, were hell-bent on world domination, Japan and Germany. And we all believed at the time we were fighting for the right thing. We all believed in the cause. And we came back and built homes and went to school on the GI Bill and our fathers and our mothers prospered in the 50s. But that institutional memory is gone. It's a new day. And we are today an increasingly diverse society. It's good to be an increasingly diverse society, but it's not good if the diverse nature of society prevents us from talking to each other intelligently. There are places in Chinatown, in New York, and in San Francisco that I know of in those two places where there are people who can't speak English. There are people in Florida, in southern Florida, who can't speak English. We're faced with choices now on telephone service lines, press one for English. People come here to learn English, to appreciate this country. If you're going to assimilate... You need to speak the language. So a diverse society is great. It sounds wonderful on paper, but it's not great if the diversity prevents communication, especially linguistically. We have macro definitions today of Republican and Democrat. A Republican is a rightist, a gun nut, with religious fervor, perhaps evangelical, anti-abortion. A Democrat is a progressive, an ultra-liberal, for abortion, against guns, and so forth and so on. And so instead of looking at people in the Democratic and Republican Party on a micro basis, what does this woman stand for? What does this man stand for? We look at them with this broad brush, painting the parties as having a common set of beliefs. And you see people all the time say, oh, those damn Republicans, because one particular Republican has aggravated them or irritated them or alienated them. But it's, by extension, all Republicans. It's that broad a brush. I think people have feelings of powerlessness, which is what creates enemies. And I can understand it. Gerrymandering creates horrible congressional districts where people feel their vote doesn't count if they're voting for the people not in power. Too many races are decided on the basis of how much money you can raise. 
Too many races are decided strictly on negative advertising. And people are spending a fortune to grab a Senate, Senate seat or the governor's mansion or even a congressional seat. And people wonder if they can overcome all that money and the machine on either side. And then we have media and academic and entertainment direct influence. The media and academia and the entertainment industry are overwhelmingly liberal. That's how it turns out. That's just an objective fact. They also insert themselves now into races. Marshall McLuhan's mixed media effect. So an entertainer, Al De Niro, will get up and make political commentary, in his case, vulgar political commentary. Barbara Streisand will talk about it. College professors indoctrinate kids more than they teach them. In many schools, the first thing the professor seeks is what people's political views are. And if they're not for that professor's view of social justice, they're either not going to stay in the class or they won't get a good grade. This is disempowering, and it's why we see enemies all over. Match that to the decline in journalistic standards. We used to separate editorial and factual writing. We don't anymore. In radio, in TV, in text, in print journalism, on the internet, everybody has an opinion. One person would say, well, it would be a huge victory if the Democrats took the Senate and the House in the last election. And when they didn't, the same commentator said it was a huge victory because of one thing and another. There's no moderate ground, there's no middle ground, there's no objective reporting, for the most part. And journalism is in a sad state these days. We draw lines on issues we can't control. We argue about climate change and third world corruption. We really can't do anything about those things. Oh, to a minor extent. We should be paying more attention to paving the roads and plowing the streets and better schools and lowering crime and eliminating drugs. It's kind of senseless to me to look at global warming when you have opioid use throughout the neighborhood. Insecurity drives us to kindred spirits and drives all of us with those kindred spirits to a platform of supposed superiority. Compromise today is considered defeat, and so we seek vindication and revenge. And that, my friends, is a very uncomfortable truth. <laughs>